0: Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. And you can use that pretty soon. Like, you have no plans for New Year's Eve, why not come on down to Golden One Center, check out the Kings, and watch them play the L.A. Clippers? Might get a good deal on a ticket for that game, get a chance to see Kawhi, Paul George... If those guys aren't on load management that day, <laughs> Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do: download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account, then under the Billing section, re- use the redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. credit is only available. To the first 1,000 people who use the redeem code and expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make quick moves and score last minute tickets. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic with your latest edition of Post 82 uh, of the Throne Room Breakdown, where we break down each and every game the Kings play this season. Uh this time we're checking in following the uh, Kings loss to the Denver Nuggets. 121-15 in Denver. Uh drops the Kings <clears throat> to Oh, uh, well, how should I put this? No, I'll say drops them. Yeah, it drops them to 12-21 on the season. The Kings are now on a seven-game losing streak. Not good at all. Not good at all. But this was probably the best they've played in terms, especially offensively in quite some time. Uh, you got 21 assists combined from your starting backcourt and De'Aaron Fox with 13 and Buddy Hill with a career-high eight assists. Uh, still no Marvin Bagley out with that uh, left foot sprain. Uh, Trevor Ariza was back in their lineup tonight after missing the game Saturday night with you no know, being ill. And we got to see some Harry Giles tonight and Harry was very effective, uh, The kind of the uh, personification of staying ready so where do we begin i think i'm gonna begin where i've begun a lot of these talks lately is uh talking about buddy hill and i thought like i said a couple of nights ago i thought buddy could have acted differently in terms of his uh criticism of the coaching staff so on and so forth but it's time to give buddy some props and just in terms of his play he's come out these last couple of games been a much more well-rounded player and oddly enough it reminds me of a story where uh, a couple of years ago when Bogdan Bogdanovich was a rookie with the team even though he was never called a rookie they didn't treat him like a rookie he was a rookie in the NBA he'd kind of talked to Buddy about the idea if you give the ball up it'll come back to you and then you'll be in a better rhythm so on and so forth and lately these last couple of games after just looking miserable shooting the ball, uh, Buddy's shotting the ball better these last couple of games. And uh, <clears throat> Sunday night he goes eight of eighteen, three and nine for three. Only two free throws. He missed one of them. Uh, that's not good. You, you, should, you know, you hate to see a guy who makes free throws at his rate ever miss. But <clears throat> he finished with twenty points, eight, like I said, a career high, eight assists also had four rebounds so i feel like these last couple of games he's moved the ball a lot better he's tried to do more than just kind of hunt for his own shot and i think as you know we've always seen shooters struggle when they're in and they're in a slump and they have to hunt for shots like trying to do all they can to get their offense i mean to me it's no coincidence that the ball's moved a little bit better with him these last couple of games. I mean, he only had two assists to show for it last night against Phoenix. But still, has 10 assists in his last two games total. And the fact that the ball is moving better with him, he's getting the ball back, and he looks a lot better on offense. And I think, just like a lot of guys, when your offense is feeling better, your defense looks better. And so I think it's all carrying over him. I think, it, overall, it'll, it boosts your confidence. Buddy will never say he lacks confidence, but... I think uh, these last couple of games, he looked a lot more confident, a lot more comfortable out there, and I think what definitely helped him against the Nuggets was having De'Aaron Fox back, having a guy, having his running mate—a guy who can push the ball, get things going in early offense. Just by the nature of him, just by the nature of his game, just the way he runs, it forces the other guys to get moving faster. So I think that uh, those two things—you know—the the fact that Buddy's trying to is being a more well rounded player combined with De'Aaron playing last tonight definitely helped him out. So like I said, uh yo, I was hard on Buddy for how he acted a couple of games ago, so I gotta give him props for how he's kind of uh answered the challenge, so to speak, and come out and been a much better player lately. Then i am move to move on to De'Aaron Fox. I missed one game with the uh, back spasms. Was questionable going in with back uh, back soreness, but I think one thing that we, we can't really deny about De'Aaron is that De'Aaron is tough. I mean, he's going to, uh, if he can somehow get on the court, he will. Mind you, that's, that grade three ankle sprain, if he hadn't played till sometime in January, it wouldn't have been surprising. And I don't think anyone would look at him crazy because that thing can keep guys out for two or three months. The fact that De'Aaron got back basically in about what, six weeks or so, a little more than a month, that just tells you that he's a, he, he's tough. He wants to be out there. He wants to compete and he wants to play. And I was I never had any concerns about this, but when De'Aaron kind of jumps back in the lineup, there isn't any. I didn't I don't sense any disruption. I mean, De'Aaron's going out there. Uh, he's more of an offensive threat than Corey Joseph, obviously. So that that's going to give you a different dynamic. But you no, know, tonight, eighteen points, thirteen assists. Yeah, you can't really complain much about that at all just because he's keeping the offense flowing the ball moving and all in all the kings finished with 32 assists the kind of number they need to have they've been in the teens and 20s lately teens and low 20s not like i don't want to say like it's 28 29 but to get that going so even in a loss i know we're not here for moral victories this isn't little league basketball the the kings don't get a trophy because they tried hard but at this at this stage you lost seven in a row. You got to find things to build on, so I think that was that's another thing the Kings can definitely build on going into to this game against the LA Clippers. And um, two more, a uh, few more players you want to highlight tonight: Nemanja Beolitsa. I think going back to this lineup, uh, while it's not good that Marvin Bagley the Third is hurt, I think getting uh, back to a lineup with Beolitsa starting will open up the floor more and maybe that will aid in the Kings picking up their picking up their pace, getting their offense flowing a little better. And Belly hit hit up the uh Nuggets for twenty seven points, ten of thirteen shooting, five of seven on threes, six rebounds, two assists. And it's the way he's played most of the season, I think I think Luke Walton has to really consider, even when Marvin is healthy, just keeping Marvin with that second unit for a while just because I just think this offense right now it needs it needs the spacing it needs the flow you know and and it's one thing to add one guy back in and De'Aaron but when you're adding two guys into a lineup I don't know after a group of them kind of playing together for a while I think this is the thing you know, it it might be the thing to do is just to uh take things slowly with with Marvin and just kind of let Belly continue to do what he does but we're jump jumping way ahead with that because we don't even know when Marvin's going to be back, but that was. this is more about just giving Belly his props to what he did tonight. And Rashawn Holmes with Rashawn Holmes, 18 points, 6 rebounds. And off the bench, we got some Harry Giles. Uh, Harry hadn't played since November 27th. And that was the game in Philly. And Harry comes in, gets you 11 points. Well, wow, eleven points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal on the block in 17 minutes. He had five fouls, but I think some of that will the fouls will kind of uh begin to clean themselves up. If he can get on the court more consistently, stay with the speed of the game and just kind of get a better flow for the game and how it's gonna be called. But this was a game we're going in. Uh, Luke Walton figured because the Denver Nuggets do play bigs. You know, they're not one of these teams that have abandoned the idea of having more than one big on the court at the same time. This could be a game you could get Harry in. Like I said 17 minutes. Um, if you're a big plus-minus person, Harry had a team high. He was a plus-10 team high. So there's a. This is a big time for Harry as well. With Marvin out, and one of the things that's, uh, you have to remember with the whole Harry Giles situation is that whether the Kings intentionally did it, I mean, admit it or not, when you don't pick up a guy who's that young, he's pick up his options for next season, what you're really telling him is that you're done with him. Because you're saying that, you know, we've seen enough and we're ready to potentially lose you for nothing. But Harry's got a great opportunity right now. Because if Marvin can't stay in the lineup, if Marvin continues to deal with these injuries, This is Harry's time to uh, carve out his role on this team and to make sure that even when Marvin is back, he's going to make Luke's job tough. You got to make Luke's job tough to decide who do I take in, who do I put out because, I mean, Rashawn Holmes has earned every minute he's playing this season. Nemanja Elise has earned his minutes. And really, there hasn't been enough Marvin Bagley to kind of figure out where exactly he fits on this team. So if Harry can carve that out right now, I believe that he's got a chance to make it tough on Luke and to to uh, to not play him at all if he can keep this up. I mean, this is a it was a it's going to be a matchup thing, you know, who they're playing, whether these teams are playing big or small. But if Harry plays well, Luke may have the chip to play him no matter what the other team is doing. And so, give me judge back a little bit. Uh, well, never mind. I, let me—I digress, or however you want to put it. Uh, I wanted to touch on one more rotation-related thing. Having De'Aaron back, having uh, you know, going with the with the Belly at the four. I think that allowed uh, Luke to only play Trevor Ariza 17 minutes, and I know a lot of you out there can't stand seeing Trevor out there for 30 plus minutes and. You may not believe me when I tell you this. That was not the plan this season. That was not the plan. But as things went haywire, you know, defensively things were kind of rough. I believe Luke was looking at guys he thought he could trust defensively to try to help settle things down. It reminds me of a couple of years ago when Vince Carter was on the Kings and Dave Yeager would play him with younger guys because he wanted like another organizer out there, so to speak, a guy who could kind of helped guys out. So maybe now that if they can stay healthy in the front court, if you can, you know, the, and you you know, you got Belly playing well, you can slide Harris into the four if you need to, and if you can play Giles too, maybe Giles can play some four. You can keep Trevor minutes. Trevor's minutes down, and maybe preserve him for later on in the season where you might need him at times down the stretch. Uh, there is a you know, there is a fear with the Kings that you play Trevor too much too soon. Maybe he breaks down. Maybe he just you know, thirty six years old. So just wanted to point that out as well as a thing that maybe going forward could be more of a trend that correlates with the way Belly's playing. if Harry can continue to give the Kings some minutes. Okay, enough of this rosy, me being super positive, however you may want to call it. Let's just get to the raw facts of the situation. The Kings right now are trending in the wrong direction. Like I said, seven straight losses right now. And that is the longest active losing streak in the Western Conference. Uh, the only team with a longer streak in the NBA is Atlanta. And they're 6-27. and 27. And you don't want to be mentioned anywhere with Atlanta right now with, with something like that. Unless you're talking about you got a guy like Trey Young. Outside that, you don't want to be in the same sense with the Hawks right now. Like I said, Hawks have the worst record in basketball right now. So what can the Kings do to kind of get off this uh this uh, this uh bad turn they've had? I could have predicted this type of thing would happen at some point cuz right now between the injuries uh between the lineup changes because of the injuries uh I know it's it's the end thing to do to kill Luke Walton and his offensive system and the lack of uh speed to the game. I'll just say this I have no idea what Luke's system is supposed to look like because we haven't seen it at anywhere near full strength yet. So maybe if you can keep De'Aaron in, we can start to see more of what that looks like. And it can kind of get the king of his tailspin. Like I said, seven straight losses, eight losses in their last ten games. And right now, for all this, we want to be the, you know, this eight seed talk, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't really care much for about it at this stage. To me, it's you got to get yourself right. The way the Kings are going, they're much closer to being with with the, the, the Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Oh, by the way, the Pelicans have won four in a row, so the Kings are much closer to those teams right now than they are with a team like a Portland. Even though they've they've lost three straight, they're still ahead of the Kings. I keep telling y'all, I think at some point San Antonio's due to go some type of run. They may not get them in the playoffs in the long run, but I refuse to believe a Greg Popovich coach team is going to, especially a team that has a LaMarcus Aldridge, an all-star caliber player, and DeMar DeRozan, an all-star caliber player. I refuse to believe they're going to be a below 500 team all the time the rest of the season. So, they're only five games below 500. It wouldn't shock me if they go on a run at some point. Memphis? yeah, they're young. I don't trust them. Phoenix? Young. I don't trust them. Sacramento? A little bit of youth and injuries, can't trust them yet. Minnesota, don't trust them yet. Then you got New Orleans and and the Warriors, two other teams I don't trust yet. But to get out of this thing, this funk they're in as a team, you need need the level of effort you had the last couple of nights. I think the uh, problem you had in games like the Memphis game on the road or how they looked at Charlotte or the Minnesota game the other night, was it just didn't seem like the level of intensity was there, that you need to compete on a nightly basis in the NBA. So first, that's got to get checked. you got to play hard every night. There can't be these these extended laws. The Kings don't have the talent base or a superstar, should I say, who can save them whenever they decide they want to go on a law for a quarter. So that's got to pick up. Defensively, that's got to pick up with more consistency. You have to have more consistency on defense. Yeah, it was correct. They scored 115 tonight. Gave up 120. You give up 120. And you also allow the Nuggets to shoot a high percentage as well. So, that's what you can't have. You got you to you, you, they gotta get back to tightening that up. The Nuggets tonight, they shot 51.9%. So, they actually, the Kings shot better than them, actually. The Kings shot 52.9%. So... But the, so you have to tighten that up. You have to bring that down. And also the, um, well, the this this free throw situation. They're fouling too much. The Nuggets had twenty eight points on for free throws. The Kings only the Kings only shot seventeen as a team, and they were twelve of seventeen. So they're not even making the ones they're getting at a high clip the last couple of games. Whereas the Nuggets were twenty eight of thirty one. So. You got to get to the line more. I know it's frustrating when they're driving and not getting the calls all the time now, but you got to keep doing it and try to get the whistles turned your way. And you got to make those free throws. You know you can't. If they're making free throws, I mean, I think they win. They may not beat Denver tonight, but they probably beat Minnesota. Remember, Bogey missed two in one of the overtimes, and they probably win last night against Phoenix after making the free throws. They missed three free throws in the fourth quarter, so. Areas of improvement to me that you got to work on. You got to tighten your get back on your defensive flow. You got to tighten that up. You got to get to the line, make your free throws, and you got to stop putting the opponent on the free throw line. That's what you got to start doing if you want to turn this around. Uh, the, the Tuesday afternoon uh, on New Year's Eve, the Kings will be hosting the L.A. Clippers. And just so you know, before you guys get confused, they do not like to be referred to as the Los Angeles Clippers. They are the L.A. Clippers. So they'll be in town. Who knows who actually will play for them that day. You know, it's an early day. Maybe it's a load management game for Pat Beverly or Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or maybe all three. Whatever the case may be, this Clipper team has shown they can, you know, beat a team like the Lakers more than once. But they've also lost some games, even at full strength. They've lost to Chicago. You know, they've lost. To Phoenix, so they, they 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 definitely can be had. So it wouldn't be a better way for the Kings to go out than with a oh go out of 2019, should I say, and season doesn't an end on Tuesday. But no better way than to go out with another win, just to end this losing streak. I don't think you want, you don't want to turn the calendar to 2020 on an eight game losing streak. But I'm pretty sure with the game being at two, even if they did, you got enough time to get out, get your party on, forget about it for a few hours still. I know Vlade says that they have a you have a 24 hour uh, limit, uh, not 24 hour That once the clock turns midnight, you got to forget about the game, good or bad. And I don't think you want to have you know six seven hours of remembering another an eighth straight loss. So if you can tighten up that defense, continue to move the ball the way you have on offense, get to the line, make your free throws, and stop putting the opponent on the line so much. It's a good chance you end this losing streak. Sooner than later. So I'm not gonna say it's definitely gonna happen Tuesday, but you got to you got to try to. They got a chance to end this thing sooner than later if they continue to play at least the way they have the last couple of games and tighten some things up. So I guess that's the half glass half full version of me when it comes to the Kings right now. And I guess to me, all in all, this team, even at full strength, to me was not a playoff team. I just thought they would be about the tenth best team in the West probably, but the way the West is shaping up, they've got a chance. Maybe. Maybe. Like I said, I don't trust them and a lot of other teams around them. I do trust Portland a lot more than I trust the Kings. And I I trust OKC, especially if they're, if they're not going to trade Chris Paul. So the Kings have some work to do. But it starts Tuesday. It starts at trying to end this losing streak, and we'll go for there. So you know where to find me. Uh, hit me up on the Twitter Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, hit me up on the Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Uh, not much else to add to that, y'all. Y'all see, y'all have a good evening and uh, we will catch up with you soon. Throne Room Breakdown will be back. Myself and Kenny Carraway, he's probably somewhere outside running around like, acting like he has no type of class or sense right now because the Niners got lucky and won a game. Let me stop for the Niners fans. Come for me. He's having some fun with y'all, but I'm pretty sure he's running around as excited as he could be. Just because now he they get the host of, no, they're the number one seed in the NFC. So, me, it is what it is. I'm getting ready to uh, hit up the Game Time app at some point next year so I can go to Las Vegas and catch the Raiders in their new fancy-looking Star Wars-type stadium. So, Y'all be good out there. Again, this is Jason Jones, Post 82. I am out.